I guess the first question, Greg, uh, to me, and I guess it relates a little to fantasy, is there's really no standout tight end in Green Bay. Who's taking that job over, and is this someone that fantasy players should be looking at to, to be an impact player at all? Yeah, you know, late round, you might want to keep your eye on uh, Richard Rogers. He's a rookie out of Cal, and uh, he kind of had an interesting career at California. He started off as a tight end, and then he made a conversion to a wide receiver. His numbers didn't really stand out, but his yards per catch were pretty high. And all he's done in camp is catch everything. And uh, he is uh, not quite the seam buster like Jermichael Finland was, but uh, he's about the best they got, who is healthy at this point. So I think he's going to be a guy who's going to start early on. They like to use multiple tight end sets when they get into the running game, and they'll even throw a tight end back as a fullback at times uh, as a lead blocker. But uh, when you're looking for a guy to make uh, – you know, catches in, in areas over the middle and down the seam. I think Rodgers is going to be that guy. He has started every preseason game so far, along with another guy, Brandon Bostic, who uh, suffered an injury uh, against the Rams. So he's kind of out of the picture at least for six weeks. So uh, look for Rodgers and, and maybe Andrew Corliss to kind of sneak in there um, uh, to be the early guys to put up production. But it's, it's going to be a little bit split, I think. It's, it's a late-round flyer if you want to take a shot at Richard Rodgers. Rodgers, how good is he in blocking formation? I'm guessing that's going to be part of it, maybe one of the highest parts as far as what they're gauging when you're trying to protect Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, none of those guys are very good. Okay. <laughs> in all honesty, they're, they're really not. I mean, it's not their strength. It, they have gone away from the bruising blocker tight end to more of the offensive threat weapon wide receiver type tight end. Michael Finley was a, a capable blocker, and he was a, an incredible threat on the team, but – uh, well, look, we've seen Richard Rodgers get pulled over. We've seen Andrew Corliss get pulled over in preseason. So that area needs to get better, uh, to be sure. Um, but rest assured, they, they are primarily on the field to you know, be a threat for Aaron Rodgers uh, in the passing game. But, I mean, you're right. They do need the block. And if somebody's totally incompetent, they're going to be on the sideline. So uh, it's, it's an area to watch, but it's not, it's not an area that one of their tight ends really is a standout at. Talking Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, of course, uh, for me, he's definitely top three quarterbacks, maybe the best in the game. It, it's debatable. Jordy Nelson, everybody expects him to have a, a huge season. How's Randall Cobb looking? Uh, is, is this a guy who, who you feel is going to be a, a top-end number two receiver? If, you know, yeah, the thing with Cobb is they, they use him all over the place, right? He's kind of a Swiss Army knife. You'll see him in the backfield a little bit, uh, taking a handoff, and you'll see him in the slot. You'll see him outside wide, and you know, with James Jones gone, it, it certainly opens the door uh, for Cobb to have a, a, a pretty big year. I hesitate to say a breakout year because I think he's already kind of had it um, and showcased what he's capable of doing. You know, the thing for him, too, it, Jordy Nelson got a nice contract extension not too long ago. And Cobb is a free agent at the end of this year. It's a big year for him, and I, and I think he needs to prove that he can come back from that leg injury a year ago and, you know, be the kind of, you know, quick out of the slot, a tough guy to cover, uh, maybe a Wes Welker kind of receiver with maybe a little bit more deep opportunity. Um, he's an electrifying player. There's no question. But, yeah, I think he's a solid number two because they use him in the offense more ways than just as a wide receiver. Defensively, what's the strength and what's the weakness? Boy, that's a great question. I, you know, it's, it's still kind of a – I don't know if it's a work in progress, but – the Packers' defense doesn't need to be much better than midway in the pack for them to be a legit Super Bowl contender. I really believe that. But 
I feel like they're going to be able to get to the quarterback a little bit more this year than in years past. Much more athletic up front. Uh, even with the injury to B.J. Raji, I don't think it slows them down too much. Uh, Julius Peppers in limited opportunity has looked fantastic. Uh, of course, Clay Matthews to be opposite him. Those guys need to stay healthy. But if they're able to get to the quarterback a little more often, you know, the secondary is going to look that much better. I think the weakness is still at inside linebacker with their starters. Uh, not a ton of depth there either. Uh, but their front group, I, it's it's pretty solid. It's unheralded. Uh, but I think they can get the job done. They're much more athletic, like I said. And, and Dayton Jones, a second-year player out of UCLA, has, has had a really nice camp. I think he gets overshadowed a little bit with some of the other names. But uh, it's a big year for him making that jump from year one to two. But uh, he's a guy that I look to have a, a nice season in year number two. When you look at the uh, at the Packers, and, and you mentioned in limited reps for Peppers, is that because he's a veteran and they're just saving him for the regular season? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, if you follow the preseason, I mean, Eddie Lacy doesn't have much time on the field. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have much time on the field. Peppers doesn't have much time on the field. And, yeah, they've dealt with so many nagging hamstring and you know muscle pull kind of injuries over the last couple of years. Mike McCarthy's really taken a step back in training camp this year. I mean, they're doing TV timeouts. There's not as much contact. There's limited reps. And, you know, Peppers, even though he's making a bit of a transition to a, an outside linebacker, and, you know, he's number 56 now, not number 90-something, uh, he is not going to be relied upon to cover a lineback- or cover a running backs or tight ends much. They don't want him to do that. They don't want him rushing the passer. So while it seems like a bit of a disconnect going from a, a 4-3 to a 3-4, yeah, Dom Capers is kind of that evil genius in the laboratory. He's going to be looking at more edge rush kind of situations, but he's looked great. I mean, he really has, and he's just an absolute specimen on the field. So it, it, it's going to help. The Packers have not had a guy opposite of Clay Matthews that other defenses or offenses have really had to account for, and having Peppers, I think, really helps that out. Greg Matzak joins us talking uh, Packers. When we see a defense, you know, you come in with a new coordinator, now they're changing the whole system. Uh, the players always talk about, oh, I like it, right? They always seem to like the new system better because that's what you have to say. Is this system suited better to the talent that they have? Um. You know, I, I think it's I, I think it's okay. I, I think a lot of people have, have questioned whether, you know, Dom Capers needs to stay in Green Bay or needs to go. Uh, and if you looked at their roster last year, and I, I think you could say it this year too, fine, if, if Capers is going to go, how are you going to switch back to a 4-3 if that's what you want? It, it just didn't seem to have the personnel for it. So, um, you know, what do you look for? You look for stout up front. I think they're a little bit more lean and athletic up front. You look for active linebackers. I think their outside linebackers are very active. I think their inside linebackers are capable tacklers, but they're not truly impact players, uh, A.J. Hawk and Brad Jones. They just don't force any fumbles. That's been their, their deal for the last couple of years, and really for Hawk's career. Stable, yes. True impact player, mm, hesitant to say that. But I, I think they've got a good personnel group um, for the defense that they're playing because they're lean, they're athletic, uh, they're quick. Uh, they're quicker from sideline to sideline than I think they've ever been. Uh, they just need guys up front to not only plug the hole in certain plays, but make a little penetration. And that's where Mike Daniels, I think, comes in. Uh, he'll be a guy that you'll see in the middle of that defense on passing down. The Packers surprised a lot of people at the draft taking uh, four pass catchers, right? Uh, Adams and uh, Berderis, uh, Janice, and then, of course, uh, Richard Rodgers, who says might now be the, the leader for the tight end spot. Uh, any of those three receivers standing out in your eyes? And were you surprised they took so many pass catchers in one draft? No, not at all. We've seen Ted Thompson 
choose wide receivers when they didn't need to. And Jordy Nelson was uh, it kind of looked at like a gluttonous pick, right? I mean, he was the first pick out of the first round, and Packers traded down in that round. And they were pretty loaded at wide receiver the year they drafted Nelson. And, of course, that's turned out to be a brilliant pick uh, for Ted Thompson. He's been a, a, a fantastic GM in terms of judging uh, guys that can catch the ball. Devontae Adams is a guy you need to watch, a second-rounder from Fresno State, very productive in college. And he kind of he looks like a veteran already. He's got a room to grow, to be sure, but, but he is the one rookie to make an impact out of the wide receiving core. They liked Jared Aberdeers out of Wisconsin to be a return guy. Uh, his season is done uh, with a leg injury towards ACL, so he's done until next season. And, uh, you know, Jeff Janis, it's a big night for him. You know, he's got to prove that I think he can do a little more on special teams, but he's a guy that I think could make the roster because I don't think he would get to the practice squad. I think he'd get plucked away uh, because his, his measurables are just off the charts. He's 6'3", he runs a 440 and under 4'4", and uh, every day in camp he seems to make a big play. Now, getting on the same page as Aaron Rodgers hasn't proved to be very easy. He's got a learning curve here, but if he can prove he's got some value on special teams, I think he could be the guy to make the roster as the fifth wide receiver. I don't think they keep any more than five, though. Okay. Uh, the, a lot of people at the draft were surprised when Clinton Dix kind of fell down to number 21. A lot of people had him ranked going higher. How has he looked? How much of a difference is he going to make in their secondary? Uh, he's grown, uh, which is a good thing. He's you know, looked better from uh, start to finish here in training camp. And, you know, there's another guy in the mix here, Micah Hyde, a second-year player out of Iowa, uh, he proved to be really active at the line of scrimmage last year as a cornerback, and then he took over in the slot when Casey Hayward got injured. So he played a lot of time as a rookie last year, and everybody loved him. He doesn't have raw speed to be a cover corner, so they've moved him to safety because he's instinctive. He can play at the line of scrimmage. He and HaHa are kind of fighting it out right now to see who's going to be the starter opposite Morgan Burnett. The safety play cannot be worse than it was a year ago. It was awful. Uh, they didn't have an interception out of the safety core. That's rare in the NFL, and uh, one of their cast-offs, N.B. Jennings, is now gone. Another guy, Jerron McMillan, has been released by another team. They just never had it right. They've committed more resources to safety, which is good uh, and necessary. You know, can they be impact players? They're going to have to be. Uh, but I think, if nothing else, Clinton Dix will be strong at the line of scrimmage early on. I think he's going to kind of grow into his comfort level, uh, you know, when he has to cover tight ends or if he's asked to move up uh, and, and cover a back out of the backfield. That's where he's still learning to play in space, but at the line of scrimmage, he's looked really good. A lot of people think Packers should win their division. Uh, if they don't, who would beat them? You know, I, I think the Bears are the uh, interesting team to watch. Um, offensively, they're uh, incredibly gifted. I mean, they, they rival the Packers in a variety of ways and uh, are maybe even deeper at some positions. So, But they can't play defense. and That's still kind of a, a sticking point for them, and you could argue the same about the Packers. I think the Packers' defense, uh, defensive talent, I think, is a little bit better. Um, not sure what to expect out of the Lions. This is another team that's been a bit Jekyll and Hyde. And, you know, Jim Schwartz is gone. That might be the biggest thing in moving their arrow in the right direction. That's something Minnesota's on the outside looking in here and, and developing. And, you know, Teddy Bridgewater might see some time midway through the season. But I, I think the Bears will be above 500, a uh, 9 or 10 win team. I, I think the Packers' schedule is difficult, uh, but I see them as being a, a 10 or 11 win team. And if I had to guess, those two teams would make the playoffs out of the division. Looking around the NFL, uh, specifically, everybody knows San Francisco, Seattle, of course. Uh, right now, that's the, that's the division everyone's talking about. But when you look at the Packers, 
and I guess if they were going to uh, to get to the uh, to the Super Bowl, they're likely going to have to be one of those two teams. Maybe potentially both, depending on uh, how the how things set up as a wild card or not. But how do they match up? And do you think there's one team of those two they match up better against? Yeah, it, 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 that's really hard to say too because it, they just haven't been able to get over that hump uh, in the last couple of years. And, and really, San Francisco has been uh, that has been the fly in the ointment. And Packers had him dead to rights in the playoffs a year ago. Micah Hyde has an interception go through his hands on the 49ers game-winning drive, and that that was the difference in the ball game. Uh, San Francisco is able to go down and score. I think they've, you know, they haven't solved that mystery yet. They've played better against San Francisco than they had a couple years ago, and. Yeah, really, you look back against all the teams Seattle has played at home the last couple of years, it was the Packers that pushed them to the wire more so than any uh, in that what we call in Wisconsin the fail Mary game. It's a ridiculous call in the end zone of the Monday night game. So I, I think I feel like San Francisco's a deeper team than Seattle, but Seattle's a, just a little bit better on defense um, with an ascending offense. Now, can you, can you keep them off the scoreboard? Yeah, potentially. I think there's an opportunity to do that. But I think the Packers have proven they struggle with uh, the mobile quarterbacks, and that's where really San Francisco has kind of screwed them up. Russell Wilson is mobile, but um, he's looking downfield with his eyes, ready to deliver the ball more so than he is to run. So uh, they're similar teams, but I think San Francisco has, has given them more problems than Seattle uh, just looking at history. Okay. And uh, last one, who's going to be the unheralded standout star offensively or defensively of the Packers that no one's talking about? Uh, oh, that no one's talking about? That's tough to say uh, because you're, you're always looking for people to emerge. I, I, I do like Mike Daniels on that defense. He's a guy that I don't think is known around the league, but uh, third year out of Iowa. Uh, if you remember Cullen Jenkins, he played for the Packers several years ago. Uh, he was a force on the defensive line. The Packers let him get away in free agency, and they really haven't had that piece to, to fill the spot until now. Daniels made a nice jump from year one to year two. Last year, he had a nice season, led the team in sacks, and you know, he's been the vocal one in the locker room, too, saying, hey, look, we got to be more physical. You know, when people deliver a punch, we got to punch back. Um, he's got a bit of nasty to him, which I think Mike McCarthy loves. So um, he's a guy you might not know a lot about that I think really does make an impact uh, on that defense. Uh, the offensive side of the ball, I think, I think you know a lot of the known quantities, right? Eddie Lacy's going to have a great year. I don't see why he wouldn't. Uh, we know about Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb. The third wide receiver, Jared Blicken, is interesting to watch. He fills James Jones' role now that he's gone to Oakland. Uh, but, you know, he could catch 60, 70 balls in that offense quite easily uh, for, you know, between 800 and 1,000 yards. Strong, uh, physical wide receiver, and another guy growing uh, in the system. So he's a guy that I would look out for. Don't be afraid to draft him late in your fantasy draft either. Outstanding stuff, man. I appreciate it. Uh, look forward to the season, and uh, hopefully uh, no one gets hurt in the preseason final game this weekend. Yeah, that's what happened last week. We, we thought we were scot-free, uh, and then B.J. Raji blew up his bicep, and, and the Packers lost their starting center for six weeks. So, yeah, that's always seemingly an issue in Green Bay. Yeah, definitely. Greg, appreciate your time. All right, guys. Take care.